Welcome to Pushing Through Season 3. I am Tate Frazier, and I am back with the kid, BJ Armstrong. And BJ, we are fired up. We're going to have three NBA seasons in about two years by the end of this run together. But this is Season 3 of Pushing Through, and I'm so happy to be back. How are you? Tate, welcome back. Midas, the best (laughs) producer in the business, welcome back. In the game. You know, he's the GOAT. He's the GOAT (laughs) in the game. It's great to be back. We have another season, the 75th Diamond Anniversary season. Mm. We have a lot of things to get to. The 75 greatest players. The season is about to begin tonight. And Tate, you know, you always represent Carolina. You got your brand Jordan stuff on. Yes. A guy I know, you know, a little bit. (laughs) Not as well as you, but I know a little bit. (laughs) And let's get to it. And you know what? Shout out to the fans and our listeners who've been Mm. sticking with us. And here we are again about to start a new season. And we're going to take this joy ride with everyone, our fans. So welcome back. You know, it's welcome back. Carter say, welcome back, welcome back, (laughs) welcome back. So let's get it. Let's get it, my man. Mace 2004, a hit single for the kids at home. Go check that one out if you didn't see it in the 21st century. But like you said, BJ, welcome back. It is pushing through, and we got to keep it pushing because we got to talk about the basketball. The last time you heard from us, it was around September 23rd. We had a topic headline, and this is how we're going to start today because I think this is the big headline. And what we said to each other was, the Ben Simmons saga continues. And BJ, the last thing that you said to me was, He's going to have to go to camp. He's going to have to play basketball for the Philadelphia 76ers. And as the prophet told, here we are present day. Ben Simmons is in practice. He was there on Sunday. He is going to be talking to media soon. Doc Rivers says he's not quite in game shape yet, so he might not play on Wednesday. But the NBA regular season is here, BJ, and Ben Simmons is back with the Sixers. Well, it's it's interesting that here we are. We ended the season. Talking yep. about that. And now we're starting the season talking <laughs> about that. And all I want to talk about is what happened in between the lines. But we mm. can't get there yet. So I'm going to say this. You know, hopefully they will get that resolved one way or another. Yes. And the one thing that I've seen work in the NBA, if you want to get traded as a player, is to play well enough to where you can play your way out of your current situation. Yes. Now, Chris Paul, we just saw it happen with Oklahoma City. Whatever he is doing, they're talking about he, Ben Simmons. I just hope that this very talented young man realizes what's in front of him and that if Philadelphia is not the place that he desires, that he plays him himself out of out of Philadelphia by playing well enough to where you can get a player of his value his trade value that Philadelphia will be looking to receive and the other team will be looking to retain. Mm. So in the end, we got to get between the lines. <laughs> we have to get between the lines. We, we have to, because look, I, we've had a lot of dynamic duos yes. that have existed and yes. they've had to coexist, whether it's Michael and Scotty, you know, Kobe and Shaq, you know, you can go through all, you know, the, even recently, you know, we had yes. KD and Curry playing with each other. Duos of that caliber have to, you know, coexist. And when you have an Embiid and a Ben Simmons and look, BJ, you and I, we both love dysfunction or we're, we are inspired by, it. we want to see what, what comes of 
the right. dysfunction? Does it lead to success? And, and what are the perils of that whole conversation? So we will watch that, but we got to get in between the lines, like you said, and let's talk about it because the GMs already voted. BJ, I, ha- I have their, I have the numbers in front of me, right? Now you have my attention. We're in between <laughs> the lines, as the great Cliff Livingston would say, aka Good News. What time is it? It's game time now. It's, it's game time, time it's, baby. It's Let's time. get in. Let's get in. The 2022 NBA Finals. The GMs were asked who was going to win that, BJ. We just saw Giannis Antetokounmpo put up a 50-piece in a game-clinching you know, NBA Finals performance for the decade, for the ages. We'll, we'll keep talking about that, but it feels like a lot of people have forgotten that that happened, BJ. But we move fast in this world, and the GMs are saying Brooklyn Nets, 72% to win the NBA title. That is their prediction. Number two is the Los Angeles Lakers. They get 17% of the vote. And number three, the Milwaukee Bucks get 10% of the vote. So there you have it. The three teams that are in contention for the title, according to the NBA GMs. What say you, BJ? Well, I'm going to put my Detroit education to work here. Let's Tate, go. I'm going to ask you a question. <laughs> On pushing through, mm. what is one plus one? Uh, that's going to equal three here on this program. Yes. Oh, I'm going with Giannis and give, and make it a buck fifty. There, I'm going with Giannis and a buck fifty. <laughs> that's how I feel. I, I, I am now, honestly, uh, I'm astounded by how how much it did not move the needle with with the Giannis conversation well, and the Bucks. I understand why the experts are all going with the Brooklyn Nets. They have star power. KD. Yes coming off of a magnificent summer with Team yes. USA, securing the goal. Without question, he was the best player on the team. Clearly the best player in that tournament and was terrific, coming off of an ace, uh, sorry, an Achilles injury. Yes. And he's looking to put together an 82-game season. I just want to say that, an 82-game season. This is a real season. A yes. real season. And he's looking to restore his form, not only in the regular season, but in the postseason where legends are made. Yes. And he's he's looking to add to his legacy. His legacy, you know, if you saw the NBA 75 commercial, you you know, that they showed all the greats behind right. him on the wall. And he said, you know, Tim Duncan's the last one they showed. And then it goes back to Kevin and Kevin says, you know, I'm not done. I'm, I'm still out here. I, I am still making my masterpiece. And like you said, that is what we expect the, the GMs to, you know, give the, the tip of the cap. Yeah, now, exactly. KD, without question, he's he's ready. Yes. The number now, one G- American player. Yes. Mr. Harden is looking to secure his place, not only as an offensive machine, which mm-hmm. he clearly is, but to figure out how to incorporate his offensive ability into a team structure. And to which, be a winner. And to win the last game of the season. Yeah, And of course, Mr. Kyrie Irving, who's outside the lines right now, mm-hmm. we can't really get into what he's going to mean to this team if they're going to win a championship. So I will say this again. Because I said it last year, I'm going to say it again. If the Nets win an NBA championship, it will forever change the NBA. And here's why I'm going to say that. It's because there has been no team thus far to win an NBA championship who couldn't defend. Mm -hmm. Without question, if all three of those players, Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving are playing offensively, they can score with the best of them. If they win without being a good defensive team, 
a top five defensive team, it will forever change the NBA because you and I, which we talk a lot here, teams have all transitioned to three-point shooting and yeah. trying to outscore one another. And if you're going to win in today's game, especially during the regular season, you have to be able to score. Brooklyn, check. Can they defend? Can they get stops when they need? That is the question at hand for them all year. Mm -hmm. If they can defend and be a top five defensive team, I think this team has an incredible chance to win. So far, I'm not buying into that. So I'm going to have a wait and see approach. And until they show me, you know, not right now, I'm from Detroit, but I'm going to say I'm from Missouri, the show me state. Yes. Brooklyn has 82 games now to show me that they can defend. And they're going to do that in between the lines. So I'm not going to make all of these predictions. I understand why the experts are saying them. Mm -hmm. Brooklyn, it looks good on paper. But right now, one plus one equals three. And I'm going to keep it a buck 50. Now, are we going to talk about the Lakers or are we going to just keep this thing moving? Well, I, let's talk about the Lakers because I, I think, you know, you made a great point about Giannis being, you know, you said show me. Giannis just showed us. I mean, and he went seven games. He won in Brooklyn. He, he puts up a 50-piece, like I said, in a game-clinching uh, NBA Finals performance for the decade. So uh, we, we can't deny that. But let's talk about Los Angeles because the preseason, BJ, I watched quite a few of these games. Um, and LeBron James told me the preseason does not matter. Don't even worry about it. So I, I, I tried to watch it all with a grain of salt as best as I could. But it does seem, you know, they put their big three out there. Um, we saw them all together. It does seem like you, there, there are going to be some growing pains, right, with this team. Or we'll, we'll see what happens when the regular season starts. But what have you seen from the Lakers? 17% of the GMs think that they are going to win the title. 81% of the league thought the Lakers were going to win it last year. Um, so just to give you a reference point there. But what do you see from L.A. so far, BJ? If anything. Okay, let's start at the top with LeBron James. Mm -hmm. Still, clearly, a top five player in the NBA. Agreed. Okay. Anthony Davis, if healthy, that's a big if, mm -hmm. top five player in the NBA on both sides of the ball and at two positions, the four and the five. Yep. Russell Westbrook, in my mind, we can debate this, still a top five player at his position in the NBA. Agreed. Okay. Okay, clearly they have a big three. As they call them out here in LA, 360. Okay. What do you think about that nickname? Hey. <laughs> Just win, baby. Just win. Yeah, Just win. You know, let's, let's stay between the lines. Let's stay focused here, Tate. This year we're going to stay focused. We're not going to get distracted. Now, one thing to me is very obvious in watching this team play in the preseason. Do they have the energy by those three players to get through the regular season? 82 games. If those guys can get through the regular season, talking about LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook, if they can get through that regular season, and let's not forget about Carmelo Anthony, if they can get through that healthy, in a reasonable position, let's say in the top four, I think they have a have an incredible opportunity to win the championship. Because that means that they have depth. That means that they're playing at a pace where those guys are comfortable. 
that means that they're playing solid team basketball on both sides of the ball. And mm -hmm. we know that LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Carmelo Anthony, and Russell Westbrook all have the capability to win a game or two or even a series. In the themselves. Playoffs. Themselves. Mm -hmm. If they can do that. But the key that I have in watching this team, and I'm going to take LeBron at his word. Me too. Uh, in year I, 19, I watch with the, I watch he's with the figured out something in the NBA. If he mm -hmm. says preseason doesn't matter, he's got the right to say that. But for <laughs> the agree. most, for the rest of us, preseason does matter. But he's an anomaly in the equation. And mm -hmm. I'm going to give him his respect. The key for me is very simple. Can they get through the regular season healthy? And I don't know if LeBron James is going to have to expend too much energy. Anthony Davis has shown that he gets nicked and banged up during the course of the season. And I don't know if Russell has the energy to do that for an 82-game season, plus the playoffs, and have to guard the other team's guards like he's going to have to do. You know, guarding those guys like John Morant and Steph Curry and Damian Lillard and all of these guys, mm -hmm. it takes a toll on you as you age. So... Let's see if the bench and the depth of this team can step up, help them get through this regular season. They're going to need someone, whether it's Bazemore, Rondo. Uh, someone's going to have to step up that we're not talking about right now. Rondo. Who can help them get through this regular season. Because mm -hmm. if you can help LeBron get through that, I think LeBron can win 16 games. Mm-hmm. Because that's, of his versatility. That seems to be their mindset, which is that's just their to formula. endure. Now, endure during the regular season and then get to the playoffs as healthy as possible. I think the best way, the A option would be Anthony Davis carries them through the regular season. That's what Rondo said that he expects AD to have an MVP if, season. If, if AD can do that, and AD, if AD can get 72 to 75 games this year, mm -hmm. I agree with that survey. But I haven't seen that, and I have every reason to believe, based on what I've seen, that maybe he doesn't get to 72 to 75 games. But if AD is able to be consistent, play well, get through the regular season, carry them, especially on the offensive end, I think the Dwight Howard, DeAndre Jordan will be great. I think Melo can get you 15 off the bench. I yep. think LeBron can get you... 22 to 26 in the regular season. Russell can do what Russell's going to do. And you Kendrick got guys Nunn. like Monk and Nunn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Avery Bradley can come in. They can plug in every night, get a double-figure contribution from somewhere we're not, we're not thinking of currently at the moment. And then LeBron can be LeBron in the playoffs. That, I believe, is the formula for them. Now, when you get to B and C, and suddenly LeBron has to start extending his minutes to 36 to 38 minutes in the regular season. Russell saying, I don't know how much those guys are really going to have in the tank when it's time to turn it up another notch, another level, another notch in the playoffs to win. So we'll see. But that's kind of what I'm thinking here. So I'm not ready to say the Lakers. I like what they've done. At least they're giving it a shot. It's no secret what they're trying to do. But overall... I'm 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 going to wait and see what the Lakers are going to do moving forward.
Yeah, the Lakers, I mean, the Lakers are a little bit more of a question mark to me than the Nets are. I, I feel like the Nets are going to be the the one, two, or three seed in the Eastern Conference. They're going to be there. The Lakers, to me, if they have some injuries in the regular season, what does that seed look like? Are they battling for that six seed so they stay out of the play-in range? You know what right. I mean? That could be in the equation. I, if, I think if the Lakers are going to struggle on back-to-back. Mm-hmm. They're going to struggle. I mean, you're talking about four guys. Two of those guys got 19. They got like 40 years between them, literally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? And Dwight Howard is not far behind. Mm-hmm. Russell was in year 14 or 15. I think they are going to struggle. But if they can get key contributions from these other players, I think they have a chance. But that's a big if. Mm-hmm. That's a big if right now. And we'll see how it turns out. But I think. I agree with Rondo. I agree with everything that he's saying. If they are going to reach their full potential, it's gonna it's gonna be on the shoulders of Anthony Davis. And that's a lot. That's a <laughs> yeah, lot. No, I mean it, it is like if you're Anthony Davis and you're reading the press clippings from your teammates, you you definitely understand the mission. The mission is for you to be the one who leads this team. You are going to have to be uh, the workhorse for everybody else. Exactly. No, 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 no question. And then if Anthony Davis can do that then I think all of the other things will fall in place. LeBron James will figure out how to be LeBron as long as Anthony Davis can be that guy that can really anchor the offense. He has to anchor the... Well, you got Dwight Howard, DeAndre Jordan. You you got those guys. You can split responsibility there. But if he can anchor the offense and average 25, let's say a minimum at 25, maybe closer to 30 points a night, shoot a high percentage and really dominate and demand a double team so that the other guys and the role players can figure out how to play off of him. I think the Lakers have a chance. I just don't know if Anthony Davis' body can withstand that. And that's a fair question. No criticism. Mm -hmm. I I didn't say he didn't have the talent to do it. If he's healthy, I mean, you're talking about an MVP candidate. But that question is the big question here in Lakerland. I think it's a fair question. And I think Anthony Davis has a chance to answer all of all of the people who are saying this team is probably going to struggle. But mm. on paper, they look good. I just think they're going to need a key contribution from him. It's going to start with him. It's going to end with him. And, you know, we'll see how this plays out. And in 2020, when they won in the bubble, I mean, that was Anthony Davis. Anthony, that was yeah, our question. He's the reason so that they he did deserves it, so. this. He deserves this spotlight because Anthony Davis, to me, is the X factor on whether they win it or they don't win it. Mm-hmm. It's going to start with him. And if they win it this year, it's going to be because of Anthony Davis. And if they don't win it this year, it's going to be because of Anthony Davis. He is the answer and he is the question. Mm-hmm. And I to- think he's the one matchup that goes up against Giannis Antetokounmpo and we have a real interesting battle between those two. You know what I mean? Because well, well, Anthony- that, that's what we were looking for. Like, you know, We're trying to Anthony- find someone who can match up with Giannis. Anthony Davis is a very unique player because of his offensive ability. But what makes him extraordinary is his defensive ability because he can mm-hmm. rim protect and he can guard guards and he can guard post players and he can guard switch out on wing players. Yep. Anthony Davis is a very, very unique talent, but he has to be healthy, and that's the key. Yep, absolutely. And, uh, you know, as we're talking about this and talking about bigs and matching up with Giannis, I just – 
you know, it kind of hit me right now. DeAndre Ayton, BJ, who was so, you know, instrumental to this run for the Phoenix Suns to the finals. The Phoenix Suns are not mentioned as one of these championship teams, according to the GM. They are not in the top three. So that's interesting right there. They add JaVale McGee. But DeAndre Ayton, did you see the news that he did not sign, uh, you know, the, the, right. the conversations about a contract extension right. are, have fallen apart. So. That is concerning a little bit, but you know, maybe maybe not. Hopefully, they, hopefully they get things figured out. But I, I would say this: if I was going to pay somebody after last year's NBA playoff run, I think one of them would have been DeAndre Ayton because he was really, you know, he showed us why you need to have a, a big like him to to really contend for a title. Well, what this shows us, Tate, is the following: no one will say it, but we have to say it here. DeAndre Ayton was magnificent last year throughout his playoff run. Without question, DeAndre Ayton was one of the elite players, especially young players in the league that impacted winning. The Phoenix Suns doesn't get to the NBA Finals and lose to Giannis and company without the contribution of DeAndre Ayton. Let's say that first. Yes. Now, but let's look around this league and let's look at the ideas of how this league is being ran today and the philosophy of the NBA. Everyone's going small, Tate. Everyone's going small. Last year, you and I were rooting every week for Jokic or mm-hmm. Joel Embiid to win the MVP. Why? Because... We happen to like bigs here. We like bigs. You know, I don't count Giannis as a big, even though he's a seven-footer. Mm-hmm. But he is a big. But he's a guard. He's a four. I mean, Giannis is just, you know how I feel about He's Giannis. everything. It's, yeah. We got a lot of seasons. I got a lot to talk about Giannis. But let's stick here with DeAndre Ayton. <laughs> got to stay focused. DeAndre Ayton and what he brings and how he plays as a big, you can see how the rest of the NBA doesn't value what bigs bring to the game today because of the way the game is coached, the way the game is played, and how you're going to build and construct a team. That's mm. We can sit here and ask why. DeAndre Ayton deserves to get paid whatever he should get paid. He deserves Agreed. that. Whatever a big who, who brought what he brought, he deserves that. They couldn't come to an agreement. It is what it is. But you can clearly see throughout the NBA that bigs are not valued unless they can shoot threes or they play like Giannis or Anthony Davis or someone like that. Yeah. And how many of those guys are actually around? Okay. It might be now, two or three. I mean, KD so could sometimes be thrown in that KD category. KD is so, a yeah. seven-footer as well. But, you know, these are unique players. I mean, KD, mm-hmm. you, when you say KD, a seven-footer, Giannis, a seven-footer, Anthony Davis, a seven-footer, I mean, I don't know what you want to call those seven-footers, <laughs> but they are some version of, I don't even know. Yeah, they're, they're like just, shooting guard seven-footers. Yeah, you know? they're just, you know, <laughs> they're just unique players that happen to be in a seven-foot seven foot body, you know? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Now, but when you start talking about building a team, Rudy Gobert, for instance, who was Defensive Player of the Year, they get knocked out of the playoffs after after having the best record in the NBA by a team minus Kawhi Leonard. 
you can see the ideas that are floating around the NBA and that which no one will say. Now, I hope that DeAndre Ayton, because that young man played great, consistent basketball last year, and I hope that the bigs continue to show their value throughout the league, not only on the court, but also that their appreciation to get paid accordingly. Because at mm -hmm. one time, when you saw a big play like that, there was no question. No, you had would, to keep him. You had it, to keep him. But it, now you, didn't you even can know if you'd see. Ever find another one. Now yeah. you can see that you know what. It's expendable. I mean, think about think about the Milwaukee Bucks who won a championship last year. The Milwaukee mm -hmm. Bucks have an All Star player in Brooke Lopez. Suddenly, now he's a stretch five, who made a living off of posting up and doing the things that bigs would traditionally do. So you can see this idea running rampant throughout the NBA. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. But small ball is here. The three-point shot is here. The three-point shot's not going away. Mm -hmm. And they're, and I say they, this idea that three-point shooting is going to win an NBA title continues as we speak. Yeah, to permeate for, through the league. Yeah. But for, for some reason, the game always reverts back to defense, mid-range shots uh -huh. and getting stops and rebounding yeah, and getting and rebounds. I mean, yeah, it's and, a, okay. it's an and you need, it's an inside out game, right? Think about at, this at, now. At think about yeah. this. Take just think about this. I just want to say this to all of our listeners here. The Phoenix Suns when they were going through their playoffs, this young man had to guard DeAndre Ayton, Anthony Davis, mm -hmm. Jokic. Mm -hmm. Okay? Then he's matched up with Giannis in the NBA Finals without help. With zero help because Sarich, his backup, is out. Okay. Yeah. So without question, he is, and all of those players are making the max, by the way. So he's max value. That's what, that's what that's, I was confused that, about. That, that, that's why I, I, I can't I, believe it. I just want to make the argument and value what he brings to the court. He guards all the max players. He defends. He's the last line of defense for them. Terrific hands and dunking the ball and things around the basket. Which he's helps not the Chris first Paul. To, yeah, yeah, he's not the first option on the offensive end. He's not the second option. But you can clearly see that he has extended his first his range. option ability. Yeah, and he's a young kid. So, I would hope that the NBA, the NBA, not just the Phoenix Suns, because I'm not here to criticize anyone, but I would hope that the NBA begins to value what the NBA, how the bigs play the game in today's NBA. And BJ, it's not like DeAndre Ayton was the number 27 pick, right? So, I mean, mm. there could be an argument to make. This man was the number one pick in a draft with Trey Young and Luka Doncic. So, I mean, if there's anyone, you know what I mean? That's how much value we should be assigning to, to what he is able to do, right? right? I mean, he was the number one pick in, in that kind of class. And it, it does not seem like that. Like you said, the, the value has not been assessed correctly. Well, I, I'm not saying it hasn't no, been well, assessed I mean, correctly. I will say it, this. I will we, say We're this. just trying to say that we point out the value that's there. There's I, max I value there. Yeah, I would say this. I'm going to say this. And then when you are in any negotiation, it's about leverage. Mm. Now, what would be more interesting to me is not what Phoenix has decided to do. But it would be interesting to see how many uh, out of the other 29 remaining teams, 
how many of them would actually pay him the max? That to me is the more interesting question mm-hmm. than what Phoenix is currently doing. The Hornets Phoenix, would pay him the max. Phoenix to me currently value what he does. I mean, look, Monty and the team. Oh yeah, Mo- Monty's like I want the, him to the get paid. Owner, yeah, 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 yeah. Everyone values. I mean, let's come on, let's get through this, okay? <laughs> let's cut through the. Let's read yeah, yeah, in yeah. between the lines. Mm-hmm. But I would really be interested to see, because that's a question I can't answer. How many of the of the remaining twenty nine teams would actually, without question, hand him the max? Well, we'll find out this offseason, right? Because he's going to be no, restricted he'll, free. He'll agent. be re- he'll be restricted. So free someone agent. can offer him the offer sheet of a max, yeah, and then they have but, to match but it. that's that benefits the current team because mm-hmm. he's not looking to get the max if he goes to another team. He would mm-hmm. be looking to get the extension from his current team. Mm-hmm. You follow me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the leverage here lies with the team. And I think they value him. I think he will sign eventually with the Phoenix Suns. I think that's how this plays out. But, you know, let's go all the way to the end. Because remember, we saw the same tactics go the same way in... Utah with Rudy Gobert. Mm-hmm. Rudy Gobert went to the last moment. And that's normally where deals get done. So if a deal couldn't be struck or get done at the 11th hour, then you go to the next one. And we'll see how it gets, see how it gets done. But I think that is the question. How many teams out there would say, here's a max player and we would build a team around him? How many teams will actually do that? Mm. And that's, that's to me, that question will answer everything that we need to know about bigs and where they're going to go and what their true value around the league is. Yeah. That, it's not about Phoenix now. Even though it is about Phoenix, it's not about Phoenix. You're just saying at large, like how many, is Portland going to say, hey, say, we want DeAndre Ayton and, we're gonna and he's going to be the face him. of our franchise. That, we're gonna that, build that's the him. question. That, mm-hmm. that to me is the question. Because if you want max money now, you got to do two things. You have to do two things if you're a max player. You have to affect the bottom line, which is win. Or you have to affect the top line, which, which is, is put people in the seats. Yep. You, you, right now, how many other teams in the league will say that about him? That mm-hmm. to me, can we get that survey? Take, get that done. Can we get that yeah, done? I'll, I'll reach Can out you to the find GMs out what right the now. other 29 teams would yeah, do? Yeah. And then saying, once we get that. 71% of them are saying they would not do that. I, I, they got the unofficial numbers in. Yeah. Okay. Now, so there you go. Now you're talking about whatever number they come up, they think is fair for both sides. Mm. Because that is, if you are if you are a max player, you have to do one or both. You got to affect the bottom line. You got to win games. You have to be able to say, I can, this guy can win me 45 to 50 games by himself. Mm-hmm. This guy can win me the first round of a playoffs by himself. Or he's got to be where, you know what? This guy's got to, he, he's fun to watch play. And the best case scenario is you he's have a top good, line and a bottom top. line, like there, Kevin Durant or Giannis Antetokounmpo, Steph Curry, yes. LeBron James. You, you, that, that's the question. So, I love DeAndre Ayton. I'm rooting for him. You and I are pulling for him. We're going to try to help this young man get paid. He deserves it. He deserves it. But yeah. here but here we must talk about the business of sports. Mm-hmm. 
There's not a reality the, to it all. I mean, a, it, and yeah. if the bigs today are not valued at all, everyone has said, oh, we can win without bigs. <laughs> we can win with uh, we can win with a minimum player at the at the center. Just position. look how Rudy Gobert looks in FIBA basketball versus when he's in the playoffs no, with no, Utah Jazz. There, there you go. And that this isn't a personal attack. This is just calling it like it is in today's mm-hmm. NBA. And it's not changing people. Until mm-hmm. the bigs are able to play like these guards, like Jokic, who was really I, a point know, forward. He's a, a point center. A center. Yeah. yeah, he's a fascinating, you know, he's another one of these players that you just go, okay, who practices how to play as a seven footer like that? Mm-hmm. You know, you have these players who've just figured it out. Until we start throwing that ball back on the box, until we start pounding the ball and and figuring out that twos are worth more than threes, and we haven't, that can't happen. Guy comes in and you, he scores two, Curry comes down, hits a three. They're up three, two. <laughs> <laughs> That's just what it is. And these yeah. guys are shooting with such accuracy that you can win today's game. I read a fascinating stat the other day. The Miami Heat are the last team to win an NBA game without making a three. That happens two or three years ago Mm -hmm. or sometime. They're the last team. So you have to not only make threes, you have to make a number of threes and shoot it with some form of accuracy to win an NBA game today. That's just Mm. the way the game is played. Yeah, no. Let's uh, let's keep rolling through this. Which team will be the most improved in twenty twenty one twenty two? The GM say BJ the Chicago, Chicago Bulls. Bulls. Your right, Chicago Bulls twenty seven percent. The Warriors thirteen percent. Lakers thirteen percent. My Charlotte Hornets ten percent. Pelicans seven percent. Raptors seven percent. It's the Bulls, right? I mean, the I, Bulls I, I, they got a I'm, solid four. I'm looking at the Bulls and I'm saying the Chicago Bulls should be should be with the expectations comes a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. Should be. The most improved team. Now, what if they don't, Tate? Injuries happen. <laughs> you got See, me. You got me with that one. I mean, yeah, yeah. I was all in. I was about to jump in the pool. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I was about I'm, to say the I'm, Bulls are back. I always look at <laughs> when things are going good, Tate, in the NBA, things are going good. Yeah. They but can Tate, go sideways in a second, though. Tate, every team has the same problems. Every team. Mm -hmm. Here's my question for the Bulls. When this ship gets a little off course, because it's going to happen, who are you going to throw that ball to? Yeah, who's the guy? Is it Levine? Is it DeMar DeRozan? When things are going good, Zach will be... Running, dunking, and jumping with the best of them. <laughs> yeah. When things are going good, LaMelo will be out there throwing dimes and doing... Lonzo, sorry. Lonzo will be doing his thing. Yeah, exactly. When things are going good, the pick-and-pop game with Voots will be... <laughs> Spectacular. Okay. Immaculate. <laughs> okay. But when that game gets on the line, who's Billy Donovan going to throw that ball to? Mm. See, because Kobe White, well, the guy to me is going to have to be DeMar DeRozan. Mm -hmm. I can see that because DeMar DeRozan's game resembles playoff basketball. DeMar DeRozan's game resembles playoff basketball. When the game slows down, 
gets he can a little get in the static. mid-range. Yeah. He's strong enough to absorb and play through contact. He can mm-hmm. catch the ball below the free throw line. Yep, mid post, low post. Yep. And he can play isolation basketball. Agreed. Okay. Now he's got that Kobe. What's going to happen the first yeah. time Zach doesn't get the play call out of the timeout? Is it going to be a Scotty moment where he sits down on the I bench? Don't, I don't. What's What's going to happen when we finally realize that? Lonzo doesn't have the ability to break down the defense and just go get a basket. Mm-hmm. Okay? The, the, what's going to happen when we've started incorporating Vooch in every offensive scheme to exploit his ability with something he can't do, which is rim protecting all of those things? Mm. So these are the things I'm looking for the Bulls. On paper, I think they will beat all of the teams they're supposed to beat. That to yep. me is is a is a big thing. Are they one of the elite teams? Are they what happens if they lose games they shouldn't be losing? The coach mm-hmm. is gonna have to slow the game down. Who does he go to? Who does he go to? So to me, the best player on the team, and I'm gonna say this here, will have to be DeMar DeRozan. DeMar DeRozan will have to be the best player. Zach will be Zach. If mm-hmm. you're playing up and down, hey man, he's unstoppable. I mean, yeah, he's he's you, you in transition. Zach, yeah. Zach in the open court, hey, is is Zach. This guy will catch all the alley oops, run the floor. Dot. But when the game slows down in a half court situation, unless Zach has added something new to his game, I haven't seen thus far in his career. I'm not sure what his go-to move will be to do two things. One, to score himself in a limit of three dribbles or draw a double team to where he catches the ball so deep that the other team will have to double team him. Has to honor it, yeah. And then he can pass the ball and get easy shots for the other guys. I think DeMar DeRozan can do that. Mm -hmm. Okay? I think he can do that. So we'll see. But I like their team. I think they should be the most improved. But I could also see this going another way mm-hmm. because I had a coach tell me one time, BJ, I admire your stubbornness, but also you got to figure out how to play to win, win basketball games. And that means you're going to have to understand, you got you to start thinking the game through too and say, what's going to give you the best chance to win games? Mm-hmm. I think if this team does that, I think they could be a very, very good team because they have players at all the positions. Don't forget about the, the kid Williams. I think he's a yeah, really Pat good player. Williams. Pat yep, Williams. Me too. I think he's a really good player. And North should Carolina have a, native. And he, shouldn't, and he should take another step. So I like their team. I'm rooting for them. But we'll see who, you know, who's going to help them when things don't go well. And I, I think that player is going to have to be DeMar DeRozan. And DeMar DeRozan is, you know, he's been on both sides of the equation. You know, he's been in Toronto as a number one seed. He went to San Antonio. They're battling for a playing spot. I mean, he... You know, he's a true pro, so I think DeMar DeRozan is a good guy to have in that locker room. So we'll see what happens with the Bulls. Uh, another question the GMs were asked is, who is the best head coach in the NBA? Eric Spolstra, 55% number one there. Monty Williams, 17%. Quinn Snyder, 14%. Greg Popovich, 10%. Mike Budenholzer, uh, 3%. Um, that's your top five coaches in the NBA. I thought Ty, I thought Ty Lue maybe earned himself to be on that list, but he was voted uh, the head coach who makes the best in-game adjustments. Number one was Ty Lue, 
Um, so he did get his due there. But how, how do you feel about that, BJ? I mean, I think Spolstra, we both have a lot of respect for Spolstra. Spol, I have no problem with that. The only problem I have is how do you evaluate that? <laughs> like, what, <laughs> like, what's the what's the criteria? What, what are, yeah, give me the stats. Is it wins? Yeah. Is it wins percentage? <laughs> is it just like your favorite guy, the guy you talk to when you see, when you go to the press room? Like, how do you actually equate, you know, or measure who's the best coach? But Spol, look. Spo is awesome, and you 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 know this before this survey. I've I'm a huge Spo guy. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, there's so many incredible coaches in this league, but I think all of the incredible coaches will say the following: I would not be who I was and who I am as a coach without having incredible players. Okay, and it's fun to talk about who's the best coach, but all of these incredible coaches all have incredible players mm-hmm. that they coach. So, and the best coaches recognize that and, and get and, that. And, and, and because you and I have the best show, not because you and I are great, which we are, but you and I are great, <laughs> but it's, we get a chance to talk about the greatest game mm-hmm. and these great players. Yes. And that's what makes it fun. And that's what allows us to continue to play and have so much enthusiasm and passion every time we get on. It's because it's the game. And we mm-hmm. must keep the focus on the game and always highlight the game and the players. Because when I tell you, Tate, we get an opportunity to watch perhaps the greatest athletes in the world, that's what we do. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes this such a great game. You know, for us to have a great show, it's because we're talking about a great game. Yeah, a game that played we by love. great players. Played by great players. Uh, a couple more things before we get out of here. Uh, the GMs were asked which player is the most athletic in the NBA. Shocking, BJ. Number one, Zion Williamson. 27% Ooh. of the GMs believe he is the most athletic. Number two, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Number three, Anthony Edwards. Number four, Zach Levine. Number five, Ja Morant on that list. I, I think Giannis is indubitably number yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think Yeah, I don't think there's even close. I don't even think there's a question. I'm just going to say if you, if you maybe, the maybe they got asked that question before the, uh, you know, after the coffee break. You know what I mean? I hear something that. Yeah, they're yeah, a little tired. Yeah, they were a little tired by then. It, it, to me, it's, that's not even a question. Giannis, there's a reason he has that name, his nickname. You know, there's a reason. Yeah. I mean, you just don't see a seven, a guy who's like literally, he's seven one. Yeah. Okay. He, you don't see a guy that can handle. This defend. is a man who guarded the guy who was going to throw the lob and then blocked and really the yeah. dunk attempt on the lob. Yeah. I mean, that, I, that I is the type of athlete. I don't even think it's even so. close. Now. Yeah. You know, who's more fun to dunk? Yeah, Zion is more fun to watch dunk. I will agree with that. I mean, he's I would a, agree he's with fun that. to watch, yeah. Well, you know, you know, I agree with that. But when you're talking about, when you're looking at the game, oh, I mean, it's not even close. It's not even close. It's number 34. He he is different. Um, last one, which player is the best leader, the GMs were asked. Number one, Chris Paul, 43%. LeBron James, 20%. Damian Lillard, 17%. Giannis Antetokounmpo, 10%. Uh, Jimmy Butler received votes. Curry received votes. Jokic received votes. I think Jokic was a little disrespected by the GMs. I'm not going to lie. Coming off an MVP season, he's not top five in MVP, according to the GMs. The only thing he won on this, on this list was Who was, was that list center. again? Tell me that list again. Oh, of the best leaders? Yeah, yeah. Chris Paul, number one. LeBron James, number two. Dame Lillard, number three. Giannis, number four. Um, and then Jimmy Jokic. Butler, Curry, and Jokic got votes as well. Okay. I think the best leader in the NBA 
which he 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 leads quietly in a way that I I I ultimately I really respect because he reminds me of Tim Duncan. Tim mm-hmm. Duncan to me, his leadership style was one I could really relate to. And the reason I say this is because with this incredible individual talent out of all those players you name comes an enormous responsibility. And the guy to me who's the best leader in the NBA right now is Steph Curry. Mm. Okay. Just like I thought Tim Duncan in his era was the best leader because Tim Duncan went from being the best player on his team to the second best player on his team and still winning. Third best player on his team and still winning. The fourth best player on his team still winning. He was literally was the fifth option and was still winning. Yep. Okay. Steph Curry was like back-to-back MVP. Unanimous. Yeah. Unanimous. Kevin Durant comes on the team. He's still winning. Mm-hmm. Okay. They go to a team who doesn't make the playoff and he's still playing and playing at a high level and they're still being competitive. They still were playing in the playoff game. Now they're back to a team where hopefully they'll get Clay back and they'll and he's he's held this together. Mm-hmm. He didn't bail. He signed an extension. He's still he didn't figuring ask it to be out. Traded. Yeah. And he stabilized the organization to where the organization is still trying to figure out how to win behind one guy. And the organization, by and the he, way, was looking for a number one guy and, while he was there being and, the number one guy. And where yeah. where I give him more credit than anyone is when when Kevin Durant came, he happily took a step back and didn't miss a beat. Yeah. That's that's tough to do. This is after winning back-to-back MVPs. And and when they went to the finals, the other guy that and just they, came in was winning the finals right, MVPs. And, MVP. and didn't <laughs> and say he was congratulating him. Yeah. And didn't say one word. Okay? Mm-hmm. So this guy to me, that's leadership was when we don't even notice it. That's leadership when we're not talking about where he, you don't see him verbalizing he has a way of communicating with not only the players on the floor, but management, the coaches, the league. This man has a lot of responsibilities with Under Armour. He's carrying. He's the got his of the own league. brand. He's got a he's Curry carrying, brand. He's yeah. carrying. He's carrying that team. Yeah. Hey, by the way, he responds when the game's on the line. He shows up. He competes, and well. It's easy to compete when the team is good. But what I learned more about him last year was when the team wasn't good, he was professional to come out and play. That's, that, to me, is leadership. That's leadership. And, hey, by the way, he was the leading scorer in the league. And he's got a little bit of that from your generation, which is like, I am here to put on a show. You know what I mean? Like, he has a little bit of that in him, which I always loved about your Bulls and Michael and that kind of mentality. And he takes his show on the road. Like, yes, it is a circus, and he and he is he knows he's there to entertain. And he understands that. It's it's not like he comes into the arena and they go, "Who's Steph Curry?" Every team (laughs) in the league adjusts their defense to play against Steph Curry. Yes, and he responds, and he's always, always in superior shape. Like the conditioning, look, I love the way he plays. I love the way he shoots and da-da-da. He's fun and all those things. But when you watch him play. To watch him run around screens to get open, I mean, it is something else. The type of conditioning he has to be in to play that way. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not easy. It's not like he, you know, he he gets the ball and he can just 
catch it and just shoot over the top like Kevin Durant. Sometimes Kevin Durant, you you know, is a mismatch. He just catches and shoots and goes, there's nothing you can do. This yep. guy ha- actually has to work. He has to get space. Yeah. He has to create the space himself, use picks, use the game, use angles, left hand, right hand. And I just admire the way he goes about his business. And I think that's why he is without question the best leader in the NBA. Without I love question. it. I love I, that. I, I, and no disrespect. You know, I look, I, I love... You know, I love those other guys. You know, look, Chris Paul, if you said he was, I, it's nothing I can say. LeBron James, this yeah, guy is. These are all guy, good answers. Yeah, but yeah. I, but I, I think Steph what you Curry, said about Curry to Tim Duncan is a really good comparison. Yeah. He, Steph Curry and Tim Duncan to me, that's, you know, it's tough when you go to the number one guy to the number two guy or the number three guy. That's tough. This guy goes to the number one guy, number two guy, and then after he goes, well, I can go back to the number one guy because now I got to do what I got to <laughs> do. Now I got to. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you yeah. know that we always talk about, I'm going to do what the coach asks. I'm going to sacrifice. Okay, those things sound good in the press in the, in the press room. But how many guys actually will do that when mm-hmm. you know you have the ability to go average 30 a night? He did it. Mm-hmm. Much respect. Much respect, and uh, I think that's a good note to end on. Uh, a great leader, Stephen Curry. BJ, uh, any any more thoughts as we head into? We got the regular season. Woo! We're back. Pushing through Man, is back. Season three. Pushing through is back. Tate, it's great to be back. It's great to be back with the fans, the listeners. We got NBA mm. basketball, real games, fans in the building. Yes. 82 games, finally 82 a real season. 82 games. Fans back in the building. I love it. Welcome back. Stay safe, everyone. Thanks for again for listening. But Tate, you know, when I'm in water, Tate, you know what I love to do. We got to make waves. This is pushing through, and we will see you later in the week. 